This is You Can Adopt, a series which explores and debunks many of the most common misconceptions about adoption in England. You'll hear first-hand experiences from many different people involved in the adoption process, with each episode hosted by recognisable voices sharing their own experiences of adoption. To find out more and to begin your journey towards growing your family, please visit youcanadopt.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by searching You Can Adopt. Now, enjoy the episode. You are listening to You Can Adopt podcast, episode 17. Today, we'll be looking at adoption through a child's eyes. But before I introduce you to our two very special guests, let me tell you something about myself and why I'm here. Some of you may know me as Debbie from TOWIE, The Only Way is Essex. Most of you will know me as Lydia Bright's mum. But for those who do not know what I'm talking about, let me explain. TOWIE was the first reality show to hit our screens in 2010. I left some years ago, but what this show done for me was give me a platform, a platform to shout from, a platform to promote fostering and adoption as I have been a foster carer for over 30 years, fostering over 200 children. Most believe Lydia is an only child, but you must also know she has five other siblings and has been a foster sister to over 200 children. These 200 children have come through her home over the last 32 years. Some have stayed a week, some a night, some years and some many, many years. But they have brought into this home so much happiness and joy and we are all very much one family even today. A lot of these children went on to be adopted and I'm pleased to say many of the adopters have kept in touch with me and my family and we're kept up to date with their progress, with videos. Christmases are busy with us all calling each other, but I am absolutely proud to say all of these children are such, such a credit to all of us, to the foster carers, to the social workers, to the adopted mums. It is important we as a family are a chapter. Sometimes we're one chapter Sometimes we're two and sometimes we are many chapters. Life, you see, is our own little unique books. Every day we write in them, every day we turn a page. Sometimes it's difficult to read and sometimes we cry and sometimes we laugh. We lose sometimes and we gain. But what truly matters in these little books is life. And life is about characters that lead us. And for me, that's what fostering and adoption is about. So I'm very excited to introduce you to two very special guests today, Lizzie and Lillibel. Lizzie is Lillibel's adoptive mum. She and her husband are also mum and dad to two other adopted children. 11-year-old Lillibel says, I've got three families. How lucky are you, Lillibel? I've got one big family. I've got my birth family, which I still write letters to. I've got my foster family, which mum is still in contact with. I'm so pleased about that. And I've got my adoptive family, where I'm living now. 
It's nice because I don't live in a massive family, so it's not too overwhelming with too many people, which, Lilybell, can I tell you, my family is very overwhelming. It's been very difficult sometimes. It's also been emotional. But most of the time, as Lilybell says, it's been great. Lizzie goes on to explain, I think contact in the right circumstances is really important for the children to be able to keep in touch with people that are very important to them and to be able to ask any questions they might have that I might not be able to answer. We are just one big family. How absolutely fantastic. And I'd like to pass you over to these two very special guests, Lizzie and Lilibel, and I'd like them to introduce themselves to you. Hello, thank you for that introduction. I'm Lizzie, adoptive mum to three awesome children. I'm Lilibel, sister to two annoying brothers. All brothers are annoying. I've got one myself. (laughs) And Lizzie, it'd be lovely, lovely for you to speak to us about your background and your lovely family and how you actually come round to adoption. Yeah, so me and my husband both have friends and family who are adopted. So we've all always known a little bit about it from the outside (laughs) and seen the difference that adoption has made. We knew that we weren't able to have children biologically. And so adoption was always a first choice, really, for us. We had five years together without children before we went on to start the adoption process. So, yeah, so my husband and I spent five years just spoiling our nieces and nephews, doing having lots of fun adventures. And then we got fed up of all the lay-ins and <laughs> free time and decided. Oh, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> Do you know what? I expect every parent listening to this, adoptive parent, birth parent, foster parent, will be thinking they're dreaming about a lay-in. I mean, that's one of my dreams. I think I just wanted to creep away to a hotel so I can have a lay-in in the morning. Uh, so those days have gone, Lizzie. Those days have gone. Yeah. Forget about your lay-ins. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what's better than a lay-in? morning snuggles little people bouncing on your bed (laughs) so yeah so then we went through the process we did lots of training learned lots of things about even from the outside so like I said me and my husband both know people that are adopted but it's totally different when you're kind of learning from the inside it's very different to what we thought it would be like how did you find the adoption process from beginning to end I think there were definitely times where we felt it was a bit more full-on than than we wanted it to be but we understand why it needed to be like that especially once the children had been home for a little while it became more obvious why we were asked certain things why so many things needed to be done I mean it was a good process we learned a lot about ourselves and each other so a little bit of therapy session as well really absolutely yeah we used to say that especially when it comes to doing your the little bit about yourselves I think we took a full day each on that with our poor social worker, just telling him our life stories. So what I'm I'm listening to is it's that you chose adoption for two reasons. One, because of fertility issues. And the second, because you knew adopted people and they'd been very influential in guiding you to that road. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think adoption was always going to be 
our first choice anyway. I think we just kind of looked into all options. That's very unusual, Lizzie, very unusual, because most people that I know that have gone through the adoption process, especially with the children moving on from me, adoption is the latter part of their thoughts. So for me, that's such a positive thing to hear from you, because many, many women go through, you know, 10, 15 years of IVF and fertility treatment. And then when they've They've gone through those emotions and come to the end of the road, realising that they cannot give birth naturally. They choose adoption. So for you to say that was my first choice, I'm not saying one's right. Please don't think anybody listening to this, I'm saying that's right and that's wrong. It's very unusual, unless it's a same-sex couple, that you chose adoption first. I think we were just always very aware of the fact that there were already children out there that needed loving homes and my husband and I didn't have the most stable childhoods ourselves and I think that definitely played a part also in knowing that there were already children out there I create more (laughs) that's really made me really made me smile this morning that's incredible and Lily Bell mentioned that she had two brothers adoptive brothers do you like to tell us something about your siblings I mean I know you love your brothers and what what are your your favorite things to do like you know as brothers and sisters as a family as you know individual but tell us a little bit about you your favorite things to do with your brothers you like to play Minecraft you do like Minecraft and what does your brother do to your Minecraft worlds. Explode them. He does. So have you gone out and built a snowman with your brothers the last few days? Yeah, like two days ago. It wasn't that easy to build it though. No, it's it's not like all easy. just in massive Nothing's easy. Like things like that. Everything takes time. But did you get the end result? Did you get a carrot on his nose? Well, we found a carrot on the way to the snowiest place. I think we found somebody else's end of their snowman and created a new one out of it. Yeah. (laughs) But it was like tiny, tiny with a massive nose. Did you give him eyes and a mouth? No, just mine. You didn't give him eyes and a mouth, but he just had a nose? No. Yeah, he just had a nose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lovely. Well, thank you both, you, Lily Bill and Lizzie. It's so lovely to hear your like little stories. Being a foster carer, I feel it's vitally important for children to keep it in contact. And I totally agree with what Lizzie said earlier, that family is family and it doesn't have to be blood. It doesn't have to be a relation. Family is somebody that has been a part of your little book, Lillabelle. So, you know, it could be that that person might only be a page of your book but they're still your family keeping in touch with your foster carers has really really made my day so the first one's to Lily Bell could you tell us a little bit about some of your earliest memories perhaps with your birth family if you can remember I don't really remember much about my birth family I do remember having loads of animals a dog and a puppy then a cat and a kitten and like 700 fish. 700 fish? <laughs> Did you live in an aquarium? I don't know. <laughs> and do you still love animals now, Lily Bell? Yes. Dogs are my favourite. 
Oh, they are. They're my favourite as well. I did have four dogs at one point, but I'm down to none at the moment. I think we all think of family as in aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, grandmothers, foster mums. But pets are also our family. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. And do you remember living with your foster family? And how long was you with them for? I remember being with them. I was like three and a half, so I was with them for about two and a half years. I was just turned six. Fantastic. And if you had to close your eyes and give me one thing that you loved about your foster family, what would that be? Well, I mostly enjoyed being with them. They had a dog and I had big foster brothers, M and M. So you had older brothers in foster care and then you've got younger brothers in your adoptive house. Yeah. So did you like having older siblings rather than younger siblings? And just out of interest, have you got a dog now? Yep. What's your dog's name? Bronson. Bronson? As in Charles Bronson? Oh, hello, Bronson. I'm saying hello from my (laughs) end. Hello, Bronson. Sorry, gets lots of treats for Christmas, won't you? Yeah. And my next question is, do you remember the first time that you met your mum and dad? Yes, I do. And how did that, how did you feel? Mostly nervous. I was hiding behind my foster carer when they first arrived because, yeah, I was just like three, no, I wasn't three, I was like five, six. You were definitely six. Oh, yeah. No, because I came to you like just ten six. Very just, very just six. You were only yeah. just six. So I was five when I met you. And how did, you know, it would be really interesting for me to hear, how did your foster carer prepare you to meet your mum and dad, your adoptive mum and dad? Well, like a few weeks before or a month, um, I got given this photo book and it told me about my new family and about my mummy and daddy. So me and my husband prepared the book and for Lily Bell's younger brother, because he was just a toddler, we did a like a teddy bear with photographs in it so he could kind of get used to our faces. The book was fun to make. We put lots of fun facts about ourselves, the places we like to go, the things we like to do. It was fun to read. It was fun to read. Good, I'm glad. (laughs) Pictures of the dog. Yeah, he's cute. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you enjoyed that. Yeah. It prepared her because for the foster carer to say, you're meeting maybe your mum and dad or somebody that you might go to live with forever and not to see that picture before, I think would be really scary, Lillabelle. So you, you actually had some idea of what they look like rather than some stranger coming through the door. Where I've been doing this for a long time, things have changed tremendously and um, there's so much work that can be done beforehand now, especially with, you know, video calls and um, life story work and interactive books. You know, I've tried to use my imagination in quite a significant amount of ways when children have moved on for adoption it's very difficult with um, much younger children babies because there's only so much really you can do I don't know what how that happened for you Lillibel but what was the transition period from when you moved from your foster parent in with Lizzie 
so we knew about each other at Christmas time, didn't we? Yeah. And then it was around Easter time when you came home. So there was quite a long transition. I think there needed to be that, didn't there? I think Lily Bell needed to know that there were people there and get used to the idea of there being new people coming in. Um, you video called me once. Yeah, me we that did I a video a call with one of my cousins. <laughs> we video called at uh, a birthday before she came home. Um, yeah. We did, yeah, we did lots of lots of getting to know each other before we physically yeah. met, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So because ours was very long distance, mm. the other side of the country, we had to be quite creative. With ours, um, and there were quite so a few plans we put to together. A holiday like place with a swimming pool. So we did. We ended up having a holiday cottage, didn't yeah. we? That we spent some time in together yeah. as a family, um, where the foster carer would come. Um, we'd spend time together, and then the foster carer would yeah. go, and we'd spend time just us. Um, and we did that quite gradually. We did meetups in parks. And we mm. went to fun places together. Yeah. When it was time to get back, when um, my foster mum came to pick me up from meeting you, I used to cry on the way back because I didn't want to leave because I was having so much fun. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. So did you feel, Lily Bell and Lizzie, I mean, everybody will be different who go through the adoption process, that the transition was perfect? Or do you think that it could have changed in some kind of way? I think we were quite lucky. Everybody really wanted to get everything perfect for us. So we had lots of different plans and we made sure that everybody involved was happy with it before we went ahead I think we had like eight different plans (laughs) but the final one I think did work well we got some time I think with the long distance that was that was the most difficult part really but yeah the transition was it needed to be the way it was and it worked well for us we got time with the foster carers learning you know the way that the foster carers were with them and the routines that they had which we wanted to keep there for the children to keep the consistency we needed that and you enjoyed that and we got to do lots of fun things no I think that that is very important for those who are listening to this to realize that you know adoption is very well thought out it's very well planned and it is extremely important this part of it is extremely important that transition Uh, period is very well thought out and it is also very inclusive so it's inclusive with the Mm -hmm. adopters with the foster parents with the social worker and if the child is old enough the child can also have a massive input into the transition period so I think that's really important for listeners to realize that the transition period is so important and then the child settles much quicker. Would you agree with that, Lilibel? Yeah. You feel that by the time that you got to that stage where you moved in with Lizzie, that you was ready to move. Do you feel that? Yeah. I had that this sheet of paper and then I like it was like a week before we went to go home and I was just counting them days. Like I even drew it myself. Oh, that is so lovely to hear. So you was extremely ready to move on, which means, just yeah. I tell you what that means? It means that the foster care had done exactly what they should be doing, which is preparing you to move on to the next chapter of your little book. She's fabulous, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. 
And Lizzie, how did you feel the first time that you met Lilybell? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't, I get really emotional. <laughs> yeah, it was just everything. We had been obviously talking to the foster care for months leading up to it. There were delays, there were, um, you know, all of these drafts of the transitions that needed to be there. Um, but we were so impatient, you know, <laughs> you find out and you're just like, yeah. oh, I I'm home now and luckily we had an awesome foster carer who kept us up to date with everything you know as soon as the match was agreed um so it was great but yeah we were we were super impatient so when I eventually did lay eyes on her it was just completely overwhelming and better than I thought it would be I was so nervous that she wasn't going to like me (laughs) and later on Oh my God, that is so lovely. And you know what, that that is so true of so many adopters, you know, that they feel that they're not good enough or, that, you know, that the child's not going to like them. And I'm a great believer is we all, we all have our own paths to walk and you two were meant to be together, you know. It, you had one road you were walking and Lilibel had the other. And at one point you was meant to meet and that was then. And I'm a great believer in that. And, and it's just so lovely to hear that raw emotion because I can feel it. I can feel it the other end of this microphone. It's just absolutely amazing. As a foster carer, I would be preparing myself thinking, oh my God, like she's got another week and she's going another two days, she's going another, you know, I'd be preparing myself. And for those foster carers also listening to this, you always get broken hearted and it's like your heart shattered into a million pieces. But without shattering and letting that light in, you can't love again when another child arrives. And it's such a a mixed emotion coming from all ends. And it is such a credit to foster carers and adoptives when they get it right, because you just think of all those emotions going around. And you can't project your emotions, Lizzie, on Lilibel, and nor can the foster carer, because would you want your foster carer, Lilibel, to be crying every night going, oh, my God, you're leaving me and I love you? You know, you can't do that. You've got to be positive throughout the whole process. So it's not till the foster carer goes to bed at night and makes herself a cup of tea and gets in bed that she might cry. And it's not until Lilibel that you go out the door that she might shut the door and cry. But those emotions are raw and they're still there. So for you all to work it out together, I think it's absolutely incredible. I really, really do. Lizzie, when you finally picked up Lilibel with her, you know, her belongings and you got in the car and went home, what was your feeling then? Wow, <laughs> this is actually happening. <laughs> it was a very long journey. That's all I can remember about the journey. It was a long journey. And then arriving at the house, I love the colour of the door. <laughs> it was green. <laughs> Do you know, this is what amazes me, um, Lilibel. And one day, I mean, we'll talk about a book that you've written later on in this um, podcast. But one day you might write a book about your life. And those little details always amaze me because you just said, I remember the colour of the door, it was green. Now, that means it was such a vital part of your life 
And you will always remember that little bell. Even when you're 60 or 70 and you're sitting in a chair talking to your grandchildren, you will always remember the colour of the door. And those little moments are special. We gave Lily Bell the keys to unlock the door as well. And yeah. You really liked that, didn't you? And then I walked in and then Bronson was just there and I was happy. Oh, your Bronson <laughs> was there! Because <laughs> <laughs> he was very jumpy. He's very jumpy. He was as excited to see you as you were to see yeah. him. <laughs> but I wouldn't go near him um, for the first few weeks because he was just excited because like, I was like, new people and stuff. But then he calmed down. Well, he was so excited to see you. That's why he kept jumping up. He was probably anticipating you walking through the door as well. Bronson yeah. was waiting for you, so you finally yeah. arrived. If I'm upset, I fell down the stairs this morning, and then he came running up to me and just kept licking me and kissing me. It's what he does. Oh. Yeah. He loves you. Oh, my God, I love Bronson as well. It's a shame Bronson can't talk because he could be on our podcast, couldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Lizzie, do you now stay in contact with the foster carer? Yes, we do. Um, the foster carer is wonderful and we keep in touch like old friends would. We send, you know, first day of school or a significant event, photographs are, you know, pinged over WhatsApp. Yeah. We have little conversations. We send little voice notes to each other yeah. sometimes, don't we? Um yeah. When big things happen, like birthdays, they always oh, remember and send cards. my first day of cards. secondary school, um, my first day of secondary school, she sent us a massive box of chocolate by the share with the boys. So they share their life with us, don't yeah. they? So when new big things happen their end, that they tell us, like that Lily Bell calls her foster brothers M&M. <laughs> yeah. um, but when they went off and did exciting stuff, like go to university, yeah. we heard about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just... One big family, really, isn't it? Yeah. We don't lose family. You've not let the distance come between you. No, no. You don't have to in this day and age, do you? Technology, if you can work out how to use it. Yeah. (laughs) How lucky are we? How lucky are we? Because, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking when you're telling me about this, I'm thinking about when I started fostering 32 years ago, I have lost contact with those children because you never had technology like you've got now. Technology has helped us tremendously over the years to keep in contact with each other. And you're a prime example of that. And do you know what's really lovely to hear as well? When you were saying about you actually said them significant things that happening in your life, but they do too, which I think is so important because... As I said, Lillibel, they will always be part of your life because they're part of your book. So they will always be part of your life. So I'm just hoping and I'm sure that I'm right that, you know, that they will continue to watch you grow. So, you know, congratulations to you both because that's made my day. As a foster carer, this is something that you just absolutely hope for and pray for. So you're all doing fantastic. And Lizzie, do you have any advice for adoptive parents and what they can do for adopted children in terms of how they build their relationships with their birth families and foster families? So advice in general, I think my biggest piece of advice would be to do all of the work on yourself before you have children. (laughs) That would be my biggest 
advice to anyone looking into adoption look into therapeutic parenting do any training that's offered to you if you're not sure about something or you want more information ask for it and then yeah when it comes to contact so we do letterbox contact with birth family and there are other siblings um who elder yeah who we do letterbox contact with we we talk about you talk about that in your book don't you I mean we've spoken so much in that section about feelings and emotions which are so important Um, and I don't think no one prepares us for how you're going to feel to be totally honest with you only talking to people like you Lizzie that have gone through the adoption process you Lilibel that is an adoptive child and me as a foster carer firsthand can talk about how we felt but it may differ with one person to another and what is so important for all foster carers adoptive parents and birth parents are that children are in between all of these emotions I'd like to go on now, Lizzie. I would like to hear how important it is for you to keep in touch with foster families. Let's start with you, Lilibel. Well, I don't exactly see them, like actually like meet up with them, but like we sometimes call, we do voice clips, we send photos, so we like keep in touch over the internet. We're very lucky now in this day and age. Very lucky, because as I say, 32 years ago when I started fostering, technology wasn't how it is today. I often walk through the streets or got on the tube or get on a train and, I, you know, it's a really weird feeling for me as a foster carer because if I had a baby that went on to adoption, you know, I may have had them a year or 18 months and I sit next to this 28-year-old or 27-year-old and I think, maybe maybe you were the baby that I looked after for a year or a year and a half of your life. So, Lily Bell, you carry on doing that fantastic, amazing job and keep in touch with your foster carers. The next question is, do you actually stay in touch with your birth family at all? And if you do, can you please explain to us how you do this? I do keep in touch with them. So... Me and my, my biological brother, we done like handprint like paintings and stuff. We like write like postcards and stuff like that to them. And how often is that, Lily Bell? It's like once or twice a year. Once or twice a year. And do they do they write back to you? Sometimes. Sometimes. And Lily Bell, what's important for me to hear and what will be important for people listening to this podcast, is that important to you? Yes. It is. And I'm really pleased that you answered that honestly, because I think it's so vitally important for all adopters and foster carers to realise the importance of contact. And it may only be once a year, once a year letterbox contact, but that's so important. And, um, you know, I'm really pleased that you was able to answer that really, really honestly. Thank you, Lilibel. Do you have any mementos from your time with your birth family? I have this umbrella, like a Minnie Mouse umbrella. I had since about three years old. That's as far as I can remember. 
the yeah. umbrella is really important, isn't it? Because it's yeah. the last thing you remember being bought. So you've kept hold of that, even yeah. though you've outgrown a toddler's umbrella. It's really <laughs> yeah. important. This is so tiny. I just like keep on the back of my door. And that's so important, Lillabelle, because that's part of you. That umbrella is part of you. And hopefully that you'll keep it forever and ever. And from your foster carers, have you got anything special that you keep hold of? Mm, Memories. What a lovely answer. (laughs) Absolutely fantastic answer. Because memories are all what we have, darling. I mean, this question is you know for me very difficult to answer because we spoke a lot just now about feelings but how do you feel about being adopted well I'm glad that I have a family but um I'm also a bit upset like sometimes I think I wonder what my life would be if I wasn't adopted and stuff like that I just feel a mixture of loads of different emotions about it And again, that's a really grown-up answer and I'm really proud of you for answering that so honestly because people listening to this, and I know even meeting adopters and children moving on, think that that's going to be the answer of a happy ever after. Um, And it's just part of the next journey and I'm sure, you know, if you're ever, ever upset or you want to talk about things, You've got Lizzie to go and talk to. You've got many other people you can talk to about it. I mean, coming on to that, I mean, are there any other children that you know that have been adopted apart from your siblings? Well, I've got a few friends who are adopted. I've got two in the school I go to now. And then I've got one that goes to a different school to me. I've got, actually, I've got several friends who've adopted. So when me and Daddy were doing training, we linked up with a couple of families, didn't Mm. we? And so since you've been home, we've always done lots of things together. Mm. And so that's quite nice. And we think that's really important. It's nice to have, like, friends who understand what I'm going through and, like, they've pretty much had the same thing happen to them, what happened to me. So we just understand each other really and do you talk about your feelings together as like friends do you need to talk about it with them or you just know that you know how each other feel we don't really need to talk about it we just know how each other feel that is so lovely that is so and I thought you was going to say that you know you probably don't need to talk about oh you know I'm adopted because I you know I expect just being together is a, a great support for all of you Um, And Lizzie, how easy was that to link up with them? So we don't have the hugest family support network around us, but we knew quite early on um, that we needed to ensure that we had a good, strong, solid support network. Um, So any kind of training that we did, we made a conscious effort to get to know the other people on the courses and thankfully that worked really well for us and there are two families in particular who we spend a a real lot of time with and they've got children around the same ages and the children call each other cousins we've holidayed together when the first lockdown when they opened up the bubbles we all became a support network for each other um 
And I think that's really important for us, but also for the children to just be around other children that, like Lily Bell says, yeah. she doesn't need to talk about. Let's have sleepovers. Yeah, you've had sleepovers too. They've been fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not much sleep happens. Um, be awake all night at someone else's house. Over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Family is the people that have been part of your journey. And, you know, it doesn't matter how long that they've been part of your journey. They're part of your journey. They've walked beside you. And I think what you've just explained to the listeners is that every family, not just adoptive family, will need a support network wrapped around them. Absolutely. You know, I can't stress that enough. It made me smile because when you said about, you know, having these other adoptive children and as part you know they're your support network you go on holiday together you have sleepovers there is a relatively new system coming within foster care called the mockingbird program and it creates exactly the same environment so the mockingbird program is a mockingbird hub carer which in this case is me and I have nine other foster carers wrapped around me And those nine other foster carers have got, between them, 22 children. But I'm like the nan or the aunt that they all come and stay with me or I take them out for the day or some foster carers may have one sibling and the other foster carer has the other sibling. So I do sibling contact, sibling weekends. And you know what's really the most vitally important part of that model is that the foster children know the other foster children and they don't sit there and talk about being in foster care but they all know that they're in the same position and when I watch them you know watch a movie together or have a sleepover like what you said with a midnight feast and make themselves sick with sweets they have one thing in common that they're all in exactly the same position and when you talk about your model that you've made yourself Lizzie you've you've created that model that will be let me tell you the stability of your whole placement because Lilibel will grow up knowing other children in the same situation as her but what I'm more excited to talk about in fact I'm absolutely bursting with excitement is to hear that you've actually written a book Lilibel could you please tell us a little bit more about this book, which I can't wait to get a copy of and read. And can you also tell us why you decided to write it? Well, I decided to write it because um, a year ago, I found this journal I wrote at the beginning of my adoption journey, like about my feelings and stuff. And I wanted to do something with it. And then I decided to write it as a book. So that not just me, but other people know that it's going to be all right. It's called In My Own Words. That's incredible. Well, we'll be promoting that, won't we, guys? We'll all be promoting that. In My Own Words. Is it published? Yeah, it's published. So that's absolutely incredible. And do you know the first thing I'm going to do when I get off this podcast? I'm going to buy it. I'm going to get it straight away. And do you know what will really help? I'm going to get lots of copies. And then if I have children that are, be, that are with me, that are living with me, that are going on for adoption, I'm going to give them a copy. 
So you've already helped people. So, you know, I can give you a big round of applause for that. You are absolutely incredible, and I'm sure you're going to go on in your life to achieve wonderful and many things. I wish you could see the smile on her face right now. <laughs> um, I can read some of, you, of the book if you want. That would be incredible, could you? Could you? Yeah. You go and grab your book. Okay, would you like to read a little bit for everybody? Hello, I am Lily Bell. I am six years old. I love reading, dancing, singing and beautiful flowers. Well, I am named after flower after all. I am clever, kind and a little bit cheeky. I always try my best to be helpful, even though sometimes people think I'm annoying. I'm Lily Bell. I am all of these things. I am also adopted. Being adopted means living with a new family who will love you as their own. Before I was adopted, I lived with a foster carer. A foster carer is someone who takes care of you if your birth family can't, while decisions are made about the best place for you to be. My foster carer's name was Jane. Jane and her family were awesome. They took great care of me and my little brother, so I felt sad at first when I was told I was going to be adopted. Jane said that we could keep in touch with her, and that made me feel a bit better. When my adoptive mummy and daddy came to meet me for the first time, I felt nervous, but pleased that me and my brother got to stay together. I worried that they might not like me, or that I might not like them. They were strangers to me. Everyone says, don't talk to strangers, now I have to live with them? This book is written by Lilybell. That is incredible. A big round of applause. I've actually got tears in my eyes, Lilibel. And you know what? I really loved that you included your foster carers as well. Absolutely amazing. I am going to buy lots and lots and lots of copies of that. And for all the children that come through my home, whether they stay a night, a day, a week or 10 years, they're going to all have a copy of that book. So thank you ever so much for sharing that. Just on the, another little bit of advice, because you're such a, a wonderful person to give advice to other people. What would you say to other adopted children if you met them about growing up as an adopted person? Well, I would say that life isn't always scary, but it's not always good. There are a few ups and downs, but life is just life. Mm. It goes how it goes. Absolutely. And you have to go through the bad times to actually acknowledge the good times. And life is about learning through those times. And, you know, for a little person that you are, you have learned so much, so much about going through hardship. And I just want to hug you at the upper end of this microphone. It's all right. I'm doing it for you. Oh, thank you. There's a section of the book that links in with the question. So it's like a random point in the book. So it, go, it says, I don't know where my life will take me, but I do know this is going to be good. No, amazing, because I'm amazing and deserving of amazing things. If you're reading this, then so are you. Oh, my God. That is incredible, absolutely incredible. And do you know what? If only every child could look in the mirror and say that, if every child could look in the mirror and say, you're unique, there is no one like you, Lilibel. You're the only Lilibel in this whole wide world. 
And you must always remember that. And you're special, unique, beautiful, all of those things. I can only wish you so much happiness and love and joy for the rest of your little journey. Well, your large journey, you're a child, but for the rest of your journey. Um, and I'm sure you're going to have a wonderful life. Um, on to you, Lizzie. Do you receive support and have you received support through your adoption journey? So I think we've been quite lucky with support. I'm only going to speak about my experience because I know it's so varied from other adopters that I've spoken to. But I have always received great support if we've wanted to find out more about something, trainings been there and available for us when we've had struggles we've been able to call up our previous social worker and there is an adoption support fund that we've been able to access for therapies and things which has been you know we've needed that and if it hadn't been available it would have been a much more difficult journey for us especially in the early days so we had um, some therapy sessions where we had a lovely lady come in and teach us how to play nicely <laughs> which was great and that's something that's something that I um recommend to anybody that I know that's going through the process um you know to know that these things are available and we found a lot of it very beneficial the other thing that I really like is that and I know again it's not the same for everyone we went through our local authority but we have a lot of meetups with adopters so they do monthly walks and talks and toddler groups and we go on farm days and things like that every half term so yeah so we we go on lots of days like that which is nice because you get to meet other children not just the groups that we spend a lot of time with we meet other children which is nice and it's like I said the support network is really important so any more like-minded adopters friends that you can make they've this always been really beneficial to us thank you thank you Lizzie. but I heard Lily Bell in the background because we've talked about what support that you've received but it has a knock-on effect doesn't it on the children so like what you said yeah. you was learned, you had to learn how to play and stuff but from Lily Bell's side how did it affect you Lizzie getting that support uh, I, I think I heard you talk about massages did I hear that right <laughs> well what no and when about... you adopt an older child as well you don't yeah, you just yeah. it's it, you're that just building that bond that you would naturally do with little ones absolutely and that's why I brought it in uh, Lizzie because when she said that it made me smile because I had to do that with the foster children and you've got to think of a child as a puzzle so for me even if I get like a baby you know uh, I, you have to because you know a baby is still growing in a womb so they've still got nine months of growing in a womb where things may have been not so good so it's like a puzzle and you put in all those pieces together and when you talked about massaging Lily Bell I've got a baby in placement with me at the moment and I go I go give her so many like baby massages and massage her feet and her scalp and stuff like that you know these are important things you know we all have senses We've got the, our eyes to see, our ears to listen, but people underestimate the sense of touch. 
Uh, so when you said that in the background, Lizzie, I thought that is incredible because that actually meant a lot to you for you to bring it up. And people don't talk about things like that. You know, it's missed in this whole agenda of adoption and playing. You know, I remember doing a course once years ago on playing with your children. And I thought, well, I do play with my children, you know, but I'm busy and I'm cooking and I'm putting a wash on and I'm putting a dryer on and I'm ironing and getting dinner ready and school runs. And it wasn't until I actually looked at my life that I realised the little time that I did actually sit down and play and colouring in and building a snowman and uh, baking a cake. I mean, baking a cake is a prime example. There isn't any child that I've ever fostered that doesn't love baking a cake. And we have to find those times in our day to do it. You like baking cakes, Lula Bell? Yeah, especially eating them. Yeah. <laughs> We all love eating them. (laughs) Uh, uh, Before we end this, I want to say thank you so much for being here with me and for sharing your story. Both of you, you Lizzie and Lillabelle, you've shared your story, your unique story, but it's your story and your story to keep. I'm sure that Both of you are going to help so many people in their own journeys of adoption. And lastly, I'd like to say thank you for being so honest because honesty in this process is vital. And lastly, I'd love to wish you both a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you both and all your family and also to Bronson. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Bronson. Merry Christmas to you and all your family and wishing you the best of love and happiness for the rest of your life. So big hugs from me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of You Can Adopt. Listen out for more new episodes coming up. For more information and to take the first step towards growing your family, visit youcanadopt.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by searching You Can Adopt. PAC UK is the country's largest independent adoption support agency and works with all of those affected by adoption and other forms of permanent care to provide advice, support, specialist therapy and counselling. For more information, please visit www.pac-uk.org or call 20 7284 5879